the national champion is clad in you know. big orange. Alabama does it. National championship number 18. 13 in all. Absolute perfection. 20 Sports Radio Hour, a visit with Drake Holly and friends talking about the magical world of sports in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined by Coach Mike on the boards. It is Monday, October. 23rd, the fourth Monday in October, which follows the uh, the hangover Monday after the, the, third, the third Saturday, <laughs> third Saturday, which um, as all the Vol fans and Alabama fans know, uh, brings on the heated rivalry between the University of Alabama and the University of Tennessee. And it was a tale of two halves as the Vols broke out to a 20 to seven halftime lead. Uh, looked like they were cruising, pretty much. I, I, I going to the University of Alabama, uh, to college, I felt, uh, well, I didn't feel very good. I'm just going to be honest and with you. And I think the Tennessee uh, uh, faithful were feeling really good yeah. at that point. I, I kind of had one of those little uh-oh moments when they had to settle for that second field goal once they got into the red zone and they had to kick that second field goal and i thought that's going to come back to haunt them yeah well i tell and you and sure enough it, it well actually it did and it didn't i mean it, I they got overwhelmed on it but i don't know what nick saban told his team but it, he he needs to be able to bottle it and sell it um to all other types of coaches of all sports around the world because whatever it was uh, it worked as, as Alabama in the second half uh, shut out the Vols for no, no points and scored 27 points. Yeah, I think it was more not so much a motivational, but a really brilliant, some, some great adjustments. And, you know, and I'm sure Heupel made some adjustments at his half t- in his halftime talk. It just, it just came down that ex, that Alabama executed their adjustments better than Tennessee executed theirs, and that was that ended up being the bottom line. It yeah. was um, there was no question about that second half. It was a just a, a complete shutdown uh, of Tennessee's offense, yeah. and the defense could not uh, stay. They were uh, well. They got they they spent too much time on the field, yeah. you know, because of the shutdown of the offense. And eventually Alabama just just warmed down and just started, you know, blitz, you know, just started taking over. Well, some statistically, real quick, um, uh, Milton the Toaster, the third, went 28 for 41. I didn't realize he attempted 41 passes. That's a lot of attempts. He threw a lot more passes than that I seems thought. That's a lot. And, and, he, and he threw more in the first half than I anticipated. Okay. I mean, his, their first drive was almost all passes. Well, he yeah. was 28 for 41 for 271 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he looked to be the top rusher for the Vols at 59 yards, which is kind of surprising. That their quarterback is the top rusher when you have the likes of Jabari Smalls and you have uh, Jalen Wright, right? And uh, also Dylan Sampson 
Um, but anyway, in Milrow, the Alabama counterpart to Milton, uh, was 14 for 21 attempts, 220 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And like I said, rushing-wise, Milton the third, uh, 15 attempts uh, for 59 yards. And McClellan for Alabama uh, had 27 attempts for 115 yards and a touchdown, receiving Squirrel White, which I like that name a lot, had 10 receptions for 111 yards. And Bond, Isaiah Bond, um, had three catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, first downs, Tennessee had 22, Alabama had 20. Third down efficiency, Tennessee was better than Alabama. Eight for 18, Alabama was five for 13. Turnovers, Tennessee had one now, less. That, that third down one. efficiency is kind of a miss. That can be a skewed stat. Okay. Because Alabama didn't have as many third downs. <laughs> okay. Right. I <laughs> Just got it. didn't have it. They, they didn't need third downs in that um, second half. UT had one turnover. Alabama had two. Penalties. Uh, UT was penalized eight times for 55 yards. And Alabama was penalized once for five yards, which we talked about that on Friday, Coach. How what Alabama needed to do to win this ball game Saturday against the Vols, and that was to clean up those seventeen penalties they had last year for one hundred and thirty yards. Um, and obviously, they did that. And, um, and you unfortunately, know, Alabama, Tennessee got behind the eight ball. Uh, in the second half with their penalties. Uh, a lot of their yeah. penalties came in the second half, and a lot of them were pre-snap penalties. Uh, in the first drive, they gave Alabama two, you know, gave them a first down and two consecutive offsides penalties that, uh, to me, kind of set the tone for the second half and, and kind of put their defense on the heels uh, a little bit. But, uh, I mean, I, you know, hats off hats off to Coach Saban and the, and the Crimson Tide. They uh, – they made the changes they needed to make at halftime. Tennessee didn't, and that was that ended up being the bottom line. You know that was uh, that was the game, and uh, you know there, there's no you know, there's no controversial play there. There's no call that could have made it go either way. Um, it just Alabama did more with their half than Tennessee did with their half. Like you said, it was a tale of two halves. Alabama did more with theirs than Tennessee did with theirs. And you know, the, and we talked about this before the before we came on the air. And you know, the only question that that we might have, or Tennessee fans might have, as looking back and being the Monday armchair quarterbacks that people love to be, is the questionable fourth down decisions by Josh Heupel. I mean, I, you know. Whether whether and I understand you're you're trying to kickstart an offense, you're trying to get some things done, but you're playing in Tuscaloosa in a very hostile environment. A uh, hundred thousand plus are bearing down on you. It's fourth down and one, one and a half from your own forty-seven yard line, and you have a lead. You have a lead. Let me repeat that. Yeah, for the third time, you have a lead at that moment. Yes, but I think he already. I think he already. I think he already felt the momentum starting to shift. I get it, and felt like he needed. Then why throw more gasoline on on a on a big fire? Is my question. If if you feel that way, the best thing to do is punt the damn ball away. Unless you feel like your line, 
you know, you've got something that you're, you know, an adjustment you made or something like that. Basically, what it came down to was execution. And uh, had Tennessee been able to seal their gaps on those plays and stop the penetration, uh, the fourth, you know, those, those, those would have been conversions. And they normally have all year long. Well, and, and my- their history, you know, they're, they're, their situation of, of doing that is they've been able to seal those lines, seal those gaps and, and do that. Now, they, they didn't this time. And, and like you said, they were over three in their attempts. Um, you know, that, that's, that's one of those circumstances where, uh, if you pull it off, you're a genius. If you don't, you're a goat. And if you don't, and I don't mean the greatest and, of and, all time. And I that's mean a, a goat. Yeah. Like, you, you, <laughs> goat. Yeah. You made a bad choice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I worked with several coaches that, you know, as, as we made the call, we looked at each other, either we're geniuses or we're idiots. I get it. But my deal is this, if you feel Alabama, you've got the lead and you feel Alabama's momentum is changing. Why in the world would you go for fourth down knowing that if you don't make this, if your team does not make this on your own 47 yard line, the team that you feel has the momentum, you're going to give them the ball and give that crowd something to cheer about on your own 47 line. It was a bonehead But if call. you make it, you're, you gut punched their momentum well, and, and you buds, daggered If ifs and buts yeah. were candies and okay. nuts, we'd all have a Merry and that, Christmas. And that's the chance he took. Okay. And he, and well, it, he came and, out, yeah, he yeah, came he came out, out on the, the short end. end. It came out on the short end of it. And I think I, that's, then know. I would I would say yeah. if I'm a Tennessee fan, then then you don't sugarcoat it. You hold your coach's feet to the fire and say, "Hey man, Hypo screwed up. He shouldn't have done that. That was a bonehead move." I mean, you know, he took a did. chance and it okay. didn't work. Right. I mean, that's, well, keep taking those chances. And, and, I tell you what, coach, the, uh, you, you, the, he keeps taking those chances in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be another twenty years till Tennessee wins a ball game down there. Now, that, let's, and we're going to put that to bed. <laughs> um, AP Top 25 just came out today. Um, the top six state unchanged as Alabama moves up to number nine. Penn State drops to number 10. I told you all I liked Ohio State this past weekend. Yeah, I was hoping that Penn State would pull it out. And the more I watched that, and it, it, with, by the end of the first quarter, I kind of – Well, they dropped three spots. I kind of looked over my wife and I said, boy, I messed that one up. <laughs> yeah, Penn, Penn State <laughs> dropped three spots, folks. So, um, uh, and it's lost to Ohio State. And then uh, they fell to number 10 after losing 20-12 to 12 to the Buckeyes. In a game that wasn't as close as really the final score. Yeah. I mean, Penn State just looked kind of yeah. hapless on offense. Yeah, they I just couldn't get anything going. James Franklin just just kind of looked at – I mean, he was kind of emotionless and didn't really have a lot to show there uh, offensively. I, I don't know if there was something hamstringing their offense that just hasn't been publicized or hadn't been put out there. Right. You're right. I mean, his, the offense looked anemic the top and, six- and just couldn't get – they just couldn't get going. Like I said, the top six teams in the poll kept their spots while Texas moved up to number seven. And Texas is now probably going to be without their yeah. quarterback the rest of the year. They, they better enjoy that time up there now because, like and you said. And that's huge. But as Quinn Ewers has an AC joint sprain, Coach, and that's a shoulder injury of some that's sort. That's the same injury that has sidelined Richardson for AR-15. the Indiana. AR-15. And I tell you what, let me say and he's, had, you know, and he's out. Let me He's say something about AR-15. So. I was watching the Colts game, was it, like not this past weekend, weekend before last. 
And uh, I guess they showed pictures of AR-15 over on the bench. And he was over there on his phone or something and picking at something or doing He was no more involved in – I mean, this is a rookie. This is an NFL mm-hmm. rookie. He's sitting over on the on one of the benches on the sideline feeling sorry for himself. And no, and no more involved – in play calling or listening, you know, you know how sometimes when uh, quarterbacks that are injured, they'll they'll mm-hmm. put the earpiece in their ear and they'll be listening to play calls and so forth, be engaged in the game that's going on. Well, poor Mister AR fifteen, Anthony Richardson for Indianapolis just sat over there and sulked the whole game. I guess he knew he was out for the season. I say he's got some maturing to do. But you know what? You're a professional. And you're 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 a first year professional. You need to get in the game, get over there on the sidelines, be involved, figure out some way you might be able to help your team out, rather than sitting over there like a little baby and sulking. That's all I'm gonna say about AR fifteen being 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 what he was that day. So um Alabama's at number nine after the their comeback win over Tennessee. Uh, North Carolina drops seven spots. What about North Carolina? North Carolina goes up against one in five Virginia, and they're favored by a ton. And they lose that ball. Mac Brown and company, they lose that game. Drake May, that's, Heisman Trophy candidate. That's a mystery. I mean, um, it is a shocking home loss to Virginia. Uh, the Tar Heels are the biggest mover in, the, in this week's poll. Um, the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Georgia, number one, was off this week. And Michigan received 19 first-place votes after a 49 to nothing win at Michigan State. I mean, Michigan, Michigan's rolling. I, of course, don't get oh, me There's wrong. an argument being made right now. They're the best team in, well, they in, still in have the Ohio, nation. They still and, have Ohio State to and, go, don't they? Yes, they do. Oh, that, you know, and that, that'll be the, the, the litmus test more than likely. But, you know, there's, there's a decent argument right now that, yeah, that uh, you know, at least that on Michigan, the field, Michigan's it now. Number uh, one, whether or not their coach is going to be around long enough to get to see the benefits of it, we'll see. Utah, <laughs> Utah, Utah moved up just one spot after <clears throat> to number thirteen after its thirty-four thirty-two last second win over USC, which is a tremendous game. Um, and the Trojans, you know, which I misspoke earlier in the earlier in the year on this show, and I thought USC was one of the better teams in the country. They just have no defense. They cannot tackle. They cannot put any pressure on the quarterback. They cannot cover anybody uh, in the ends uh, in the defensive backfield. Um, and I apologize for that misstep. But uh, USC dropped to number twenty-four after their loss to Utah. And uh, you know Utah is running. Let me tell you this. Utah had a backup quarterback, right, because uh, Rising has been out all year and, and this, for some reason, can't get well. And they had to bring a uh, wide receiver in to run at running back because all their running backs were banged up. And they ran for 274 yards against – Southern Cal. That's that. I mean, you, that's where Coach goes over to his offensive line coach and his offensive lineman and pats them on the back and says, "Thank you, thank you, thank you," because 
those things don't happen without your line being dominant. No. And uh, well, Duke Duke fell four spots to number twenty after losing to Florida State, um, while Tennessee fell four spots because they lost to Alabama. The Volunteers led, like as we know, twenty-seven at halftime and then lost thirty-four to twenty. And I did not, I did not fire up a cigar. That's, that's not my. Everybody thing. else in Tuscaloosa did. <laughs> Well, it's, it's did just, you see the picture looking over the – did you see the picture? I didn't, I didn't. They, with about a minute to go in the game, they did a pan over the crowd, and it was – you could not see the crowd. It was because just a of fog. those stinking-ass cigars, people. So, I, I, just a fog. Gotta, can't they come up with something else? I mean, those things just smell like, oh, I just can't stand them. But anyway, um, so, that, that I mean, that's what's going on uh, in – or what went on this past weekend in the uh, college football world? Um, a couple of picks that, that that I pointed out that I got right, and a couple that I got wrong. I, I said there would be a lot of points scored in Alabama. I mean, excuse me. You and I both agreed we thought it'd be low scoring and much closer. And if it and that if the score went up, it was not going to be in Tennessee's favor. That's right. And so uh, it went over uh, the total. Uh, we got that wrong. I said Ohio State would win against Penn State. I got that correct. Uh, I said the two lowest total, uh, the Iowa game coach under 30 and a half, it hit. The final was 12 to 10 Minnesota. Um, and the other lowest total was Air Force Navy, 34 and a half. And I said, the reason they're so low is because they're probably going under, folks. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, it went under as Air Force beat Navy 17-6 to for a total of 23 points. Now, upset special, I said Utah over USC. You, now, now, people would say, well, that's not much of an upset. Well, when USC is favored by seven points and Utah wins a game, that's an upset. Okay. Yeah, that was. The, I'll, I'll, in fact, I agreed with you on my picks uh, and that, uh, you, that Utah pulled it, would pull it out. One other thing, uh, Oklahoma <laughs> had a tough time with with Gus Malzahn's uh, Central Florida boys as they came into Norman and just giant took, killer almost took, them, took them to the wire. Uh, my husband Trophy candidate uh, Dylan Gabriel hung in there. And uh, and did his thing and held on for a 31-29 victory as Central Florida blew. Well, did not make the two-point conversion at the very end of that ball game. They tried some type of throwback, double pass yeah, situation. And, and, and people in Central Florida, fans are calling for Gus Malzone's job because of that because of that two-point call. Now. If that's, yeah, it, I mean, a bad call, but you know, you're 17 and a half point underdog. I was going to say the right fact that he was in the, the game at that point should be, you know, enough to extend his contract because he he was supposed to get blown out. There you go. So there you go. I, I don't know. I think Gus Malzahn, they better hang on to him at Central Florida as long as they can. So, all right, this is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake for Coach Mike. We're in the studio. It's Monday, October 23rd. We're going to take a quick break and talk about some NFL, high school stuff. we got all kinds of stuff to go. Preds, you name it. Be right back. This is Coach Traders Dog from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Dear my heart, beat like a hammer. My arms won't run you tight. All stars fell on Alabama. 
last night. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That is music to my ears, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. May the may the king of uh, King Parrot rest in peace as he serenades us with a beautiful song. The stars fell on Alabama, and um, they did Saturday evening. And uh, it's time to move on to the next game, the next episode. As a as they say, let me see if I can pull up. University of Tennessee is at Kentucky, Kentucky which I boy, mean, they better get the, they better get it on because Kentucky will be physical. Now they won't be quite as well executing. You know, their their execution won't be quite as uh, crisp. I don't think. And I think if Tennessee can get up on them, they won't have the resiliency that Alabama's got. But uh, you better not. Better not look past them either. Kentucky can jump up and hit you in the mouth. And uh, the longer they, – they're the, they're the typical up-and-comer team. The longer they stay sure. in it, the tougher sure they they're going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, Kentucky uh, is at home, and the Vols go to Lexington next weekend. Um, Alabama enjoys a bye week after Tennessee victory. And then they get LSU at home. And that LSU – I mean, they were all over Army – of course, it's Army. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But, I mean, it just <laughs> – they were up – and it was like a track meet for LSU. They were up and down the field in the first – the first half it was like 48 to nothing or something like that. I mean, it was just incredible um, what this Daniels kid at quarterback is, is doing. Of course, now when they get up against a good team that has also a – relatively potent offense, they have a tough time of stopping them. Yeah, that's that's going to be the, the, the deal there. I You know, Tennessee's going to struggle to stop them, but they're going to really struggle to stop Tennessee. And I think that's where – I think Tennessee will be able to outscore them. Now, here's the deal. Tennessee can't look past Kentucky. Boy, they have got to focus in on Kentucky because th- that game can, can either make – can remake or destroy their year. Well, I mean, and Tennessee at two and two in the SEC, coach. They're behind Georgia, Missouri, oh yeah, and Florida, they're, they're in chances, that, and that's just in the East. Yeah, they're, they're, okay. Their chances for for a, a you know a championship, you know, SEC championship. Yeah, they went it. They went down the tubes this Saturday, but they can still qualify for a a nice you know New Year's Day bowl game or, or something like that. Plus, you know, these games now become recruiting tools. And, you know, how do you bounce back? You know, and, and recruits are looking at that. You know, they, how, how does this team bounce back from a disappointing loss? And what do they do um, in, in response to, to losing to, to Alabama in, in such a manner? Um, it's going to be real important. Um, you know, that, that, that New Year's Day Bowl is still out there. But uh, they're going to have to – yeah, they, they've got to win out and they've got to win – they can't just squeak by. They're going to have to win convincingly the rest of the way out. Um, i tell you what, you know, Miami uh, of Florida came back and won uh, in that game against Clemson. And i tell you what, Dabo Sweeney, uh, he – he, he, I, may, I, he may have 
he may have had his big ride there. I I'm, I get the idea he may be earlier this he week. He may be on the slow slide. <laughs> earlier, well, earlier last week, Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney complained about the high expectations of the Tigers fans after his team's four and two start. Quote: This is what Dabo said, Coach. We're at a point in time, and I hate that, where people, if you don't go undefeated, say, you're losers. You're terrible. And it's just such a terrible mindset, Sweeney said, on his radio show. And honestly, quote, and honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. In other words... Sometimes the bandwagon can get a little too full is what Dabo Sweeney said in all his geniusness, I guess. is how, I don't know how to put in all he, his he, – He, he brings I mean, in with some really weird ideas. You I know, mean, in, as other a words, coach. He's, in other words, he's saying there's too many Clemson fans? or the, There's the, too the, many bandwagoners, which t- as a coach, I know, I know what he's saying. I know what he's feeling, but you don't ever say it. <laughs> And so Sweeney tried to walk back back his comments the next day from after the radio show, saying that it was just a small minor, minority of fans who complained. But, but it's, it's a fa- big minority of fans who heard that. But it's fair to wonder just how many Clemson fans are jumping off the bandwagon for the rest of the season now that Sweeney, uh, Dabo's uh, Tigers are four and three and likely out of the ACC title contention. Um. You know, Dabo Sweeney, I I understand he feels as though he's won some he's won a national title or two, whatever at Clemson, and feels like he's at the the top of the mountain. I don't, I don't know what is it. He can just do and say anything he wants to. I was gonna say But he's showing he's kind of showing his ignorance in getting on public airwaves and saying these type of things well he earned some cushion by winning and being in contention for his the national titles back then but he has basically burned that cushion up and his his complaints his uh his lack of action in the new era of college football and, and you know his complaints about that and now complaining about his own fan base no he's not though he's not and, the- and and it's you know it's it's a, it's a sentiment I understand, but it's a sentiment you never verbalize. Well, he's not, and, the, and you just can't you just can't do that because you want you want those bandwagoners. No, those bandwagoners are the ones who I mean, bring fans. the support. Yeah, they're fans. On, they're they're, they're fans. the ones that come they, and yell for your team and, and stuff. And, and yes, you appreciate the ones that stick by you even when the times are tough. But the it's it's also the bandwagoners are the ones that you know kind of get you over the hump sometimes right. when it when and, it is close. And, help, and if you burn your bridges and with them. And spend money and buy merch that pays your multi-million dollar salary for yeah. coaching a dang football team. And if you burn that bridge, it is really, really hard to rebuild well, it. He's not the only one. Now, two weeks ago, uh, Southern Cal coach Lincoln Riley made some comments that, that, didn't look, that don't look that great in hindsight. On October 10th, Riley said that – Southern Cal's defense was, quote, much improved over 2022. And then it had a chance to really grow and get better fast. He's talking about Southern Cal's defense. Mm-hmm. Four days later, USC got blown out by Notre Dame in a loss that was hardly solely on the defense. But um, Caleb Williams threw three interceptions that day. 
USC gave up a TD on a, on a kickoff turn. But Saturday night's loss to Utah by Southern Cal had a lot to do with the defense, a Utah offense that has looked downright painful at times in 20, this year had 482 yards on 70 plays as the Utes rushed 47 times for 247 yards. I mean, and so here is Lincoln Riley talking just a couple of weeks ago, Coach, less than a couple of weeks ago, about how much better this Southern Cal defense is going to get and it's going to get better quick and grow fast. I mean – Well, you always want to show confidence in your players and, and show confidence in your team while you're talking to the media and, and stuff. And, you know, that's – to me, that that's what he was doing is uh, – yeah, it, it blew up in his face. Uh, so just that's be, the nature you know, of the game. But it, I mean, it, I don't feel nearly as bad about his comments as Dabo. As Dabo, right. okay. You know, what about, uh, hey, what about Arkansas? You're an Arkansas guy. I mean, they're two well, and six. I, my, I have, I have, I have family in Arkansas. Okay. Well, after a two and zero start, Arkansas has lost six consecutive games to drop to two and six. Yeah. Uh, and five of those six losses came by seven points or fewer. So they've been in the games. They just can't get and over that hump. And that is the tough part. Including that's a, good, a seven to three punch. loss in Arkansas this weekend against Mississippi State. Yeah. Seven to that's three. Really, that's a baseball score. Yeah. He, I mean, that those are, those are literal body gut punches Sam to the program. Pittman, Coach Six Sam Pittman's job might be – he might be the yeah. hottest seat in the SEC. I don't know if he's the hottest seat in the SEC he's right now. He's one they, they, the, the Arkansas fan base has been very, very patient with him and surprisingly patient, actually, because they've been in so – they've been so close and they know if they can just get over that. Well, they, now they got their quarterback that they wanted and he he's, he's made them competitive, but they can't get over that hump. Right. And, that's, and that's a tough pill to swallow. And sooner or later, the fan base is going – they're, they're going to say, I, Time to make I, a we've change. tried, you know, you've tried, we've given you the chance, we've given you, we've been patient with you, we know you've been close, but we're not here to pay you to get close. There you go. What about Jimbo Fisher? I mean, you know, uh, now, over the last. Ought be, he ought to be run out on a radio. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it'd take a buyout, but of course they've got plenty of money at Texas A&M. Yeah. Over the last three seasons, get this, Texas A&M is 17 and 14 overall over the last three seasons. And eight and twelve in the SEC play. The Aggies are four and three this year and are currently riding an eight-game road losing streak with road with road games at Ole Miss and LSU ahead of them. It's not going to get much easier. And every game of any importance that he has been in, he's lost. That is not what A and M signed up for with Jim with Jimbo Fisher. As they as they're in year number seven right now, and don't you know Florida State's going? See, ya. that could have been us. Right, as they are ranked number three or four in the country, <laughs> that could have um, been us. <laughs> so uh, you know, obviously over the weekend, the winners of Virginia. I mean, it's that's Virginia's first ever road victory victory over a top ten opponent ever. Um, Michigan, that, that that train just keeps on rolling. J.J. McCarthy now, their quarterback, is being talked about in, in, in the Heisman Trophy hunt. 
Um, both Oklahoma and Texas survived. I mean, Texas broke out to a twenty-one nothing lead. Survived is the true is the true term. Uh, you know, Texas broke out to a twenty-one nothing lead, and then uh, you know, Ewers I guess got got injured. I didn't watch the game, and then um, Houston comes storming back, and Texas has to thwart a. Uh, 10-yard line, fourth down stop, or or has to yeah. stop Houston on fourth down at the t- at their 10-yard line with 103 to escape with a 31-24 win. Um, will the Sooners and the Longhorns stay on their collision course for the Big 12 title matchup? Probably will. The but, without is Ewers, Tex- yeah, Texas but without yours, yeah, without yours, Texas is fighting with one hand tied behind their back now, and it's going to be tough for them to. I think they can – I haven't looked at the rest of their schedule, but I don't know of anybody right now at the top of my head that they would be playing before, right. you know, ahead of Oklahoma or after Oklahoma that's going to be, um, you know, going to be anything yep. of any consequence. Now, um, if you're – it kind of depends on how bad that shoulder – you know, again, we, we're talking – it's the same – it's the same description as what sideline Richardson, he's going to have surgery. Um for the year, if if Ewer has to have surgery on that on that shoulder, then yes, he's done. If it's just a sprain or a strain or something like that, he might be back in a couple of weeks, and and that would you know help tennis. Uh, excuse me, Texas chances considerably. Um, you know that's really right now it's all in the doctor's hands. There you and go. That's a scary thought for a coach. Uh, some other winners from the weekend: uh, Utah, obviously over what we talked about over Southern Cal. Uh, Kansas State destroyed TCU forty-one to three. Just it wasn't even close. Yeah. In a rematch of last year's what was that the Big Twelve, 12. championship game, um, and uh, Rutgers is already bowl eligible. Rutgers is uh, the Scarlet Knights notched their sixth win of the season on Saturday by beating Indiana thirty-one to fourteen. Um, Rutgers is sneaky good. They're they're a team that no one pays attention to, and they they love it. And uh, some guy, some teams that came out on the b- wrong end of the stick this weekend was Penn State. Obviously, the Vols. Iowa lost twelve to ten at home uh, uh, against Minnesota. Uh, Auburn took a twenty-eight twenty-one Ole Miss loss on Saturday at home in Auburn. Um, so those are just some of the college things that are some college games that either went well or went the wrong way for you, depending on who you're rooting for. Um, we're going to take a break, and then after this, we're going to talk briefly about the two baseball games. One is going on right now, game six of the NLCS, and then tonight, game seven, the deciding game of the ALCS. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake, for Coach Mike, and we'll be right back. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. 
Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. 
In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. And welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined in the studio by Coach Mike on the boards. It is Monday, October 23rd. There are two championship series Major League Baseball games, one being played right now between the uh, in Philadelphia, but game number six of the National League Championship Series as the Phillies are at home taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phillies enjoy a 3-2 to two edge in that best-of-seven series. So if the Phillies win, they're off the World Series. Diamondback, Diamondbacks win, there's one more game to play in that, in that series to figure out who goes to the World Series, obviously. Uh, today, the Philadelphia is minus 185, so you got to put up $185 to win 100 uh, in the gambling world. And uh, Arizona's Merrill Kelly will be the starting pitcher for Arizona. And for Philadelphia, Aaron Nola, N-O-L-A, will be pitching for the Phillies. He's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I think he pitched for LSU. And his last name is Nola, which is kind of a – uh, a nickname uh, for H, an abbreviation Haitian for New Orleans, Orleans Louisiana. Louisiana, and his last name is Nola. Yeah. I find that rather interesting. So, uh, game seven tonight is Texas at Houston, folks. You didn't. I mean, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better playoff baseball than game seven. I promise you. As the uh, Texas Rangers behind uh, Nathan Eovaldi, Eovaldi took care of business last night holding the Astros, who had scored 23 runs in their prior three wins in this series, held the Astros at home to two runs in six and a third innings. Pretty tough pitching right there. That's why they pay that guy a lot of money. That's why they got him from the Boston Red Sox. Um, I'll tell you who else they picked up, and they picked him up just for – Tonight, game, game seven, is Max Scherzer, who will be on the mound starting for the Texas Rangers in Houston tonight. First pitch goes off around 7 o'clock. It's on Cheater Network, Fox. You can walk to watch it on there and watch and listen to Cheater Alex Rodriguez talk, analyze the game, but I just turned the volume down. So, um that's what's going on tonight. Also, we've got NFL tonight. The Predators this weekend got to 500. They're now 3-3 three and three as they beat the San Jose Sharks in Nashville Saturday, 5-1. to one. Uh, And their next opponent will be at home against the Vancouver Canucks. So let's try to get above 500, Preds. What do you say? Um, okay. 
Now, let's, I'll tell you what else let's do. Let's, let's just take a quick look at some NFL games this past weekend. How much time we got left before the end of the show, Coach? We, we got about uh, four, four and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, we know that the AFC South and one of the better-looking teams in the AFC South now are the Jacksonville Jaguars. When they, when they beat New Orleans on Thursday night, they won about three games, I want to say, in the span of about ten days. Um, and so Easter Island is directing that offense like, like nobody's business. And, uh, you wonder they, if they're going to cool off a little bit or whatever. That's uh, right. You know, that's right. Um, uh, but doesn't really look like it. I think what? he's finally getting his feet under him. I think the game has started slowing down for him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he, he's starting to see things. And with that's the case. Uh, boy, he's got all the tools. He's got all the people around running him. Running back, ATN Jr. Is, is running the ball great. And he's got a coach and knows how to use him. There you go. And that's, that's scary uh, for the, the rest Raiders, of the league. The Raiders took it on the chin 30-12 to 12 from the 2-5. and five, Now the 2-5 and five Bears. The Bears had uh, uh, a backup quarterback that played for Shepherd Sh- University. University. <laughs> Where the hell is Shepherd University? <laughs> no clue. I mean, I have no clue. Anyway, this guy, this Talk guy about the rags to riches story, I mean, you know, and he got the game ball. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy, this guy did it all. And the, and the Raiders took it on the chin, uh, 30 to 12. The Raiders are playing with their third string running back or four string. They pulled Deontay Foreman, who used to play for the Titans and Carolina last year. They just got him this year off of the practice squad because Khalil Herbert, Rashawn Johnson, and their other th- – I think he was like fourth string. He he caught a touchdown pass yesterday and ran for two. And you know why I know that? Because I picked him up and put him on my fantasy league team and he scored 23 <laughs> points. That's why. Uh, the Browns hold on. The Browns' big tough defense – allow 38 points out of the Colts, and they hold on after Deshaun Watson goes down with an injury and P.J. Walker comes in, and they beat the Colts 39-38. And the Buffalo Bills go to the Patriots and give Bill Belichick his 300th win. As the, what has as, happened to the Bills? I don't know. Matt they, Jones went 25, went 25 for 30, throwing the ball all over the damn field. And uh, it, it's just, it, you know, it's NFL. It's the, any given Sunday, right? But the, any well, given Sunday. This, is, this is getting to be a pattern, and the Bills have imploded in the, the last commander, three week, three and a half weeks. Boy, they just – The Giants. It, it's, it's, hard, it's, and it's hard to figure out. The Giants are getting three at home. The, the terrible Giants are getting three from the Commanders, and they're not much better, but they're better – should be better than the Giants. And the Giants win 14-7. to seven. That's the final score, folks. That's not the end. Of the, I'm not talking about the end of the first quarter. I'm talking about the end of the game. The Falcons went to Tampa Bay and won 16-13. The Lions got their butts whipped all over the field by the Ravens. What did I say last La- week? And Lamar Jackson. Sooner, sooner or later, the Lions will be Detroit. And <laughs> the Steelers went all the way to the left coast and whooped up on the on the Rams 24-17. The Cardinals uh Went up to Seattle and got beat 20 to 10. The Broncos at home beat the Packers. I don't know if Jordan Love is the answer at the Packers. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take. He sat behind Rodgers for, uh, I want to say, two or three years, and now yeah. they've turned the reins over to him. And, you know, you're into week six, seven, or whatever it is, eight in the NFL. It's time for you 
to show your worth and play a little bit better than you're playing. It's you, always it's always extremely hard to follow a legend. The Chiefs and Taylor Swift uh, uh, beat the Chargers 31-17. She was at the game yesterday, and Mr. Kelsey showed out once again. Of course, that's what you're supposed to do with your girlfriend uh, in the stands. With uh, she was up there with Darlene's wife in yeah. the luxury box, cutting a rug. Yeah, doing some they type did of uh, choreographed they, yeah. handshake, yeah, chest they, bump, or they, something. They had a with uh, Darlene Connor's wife right yeah. up there in, in the yeah. They had that was the big play he had up the sideline before he got caught suite. on the he got uh, cut down at the five yard line and, and stuff. Then, they were having a big celebration. And then last night, the uh, Alabama Football League put on was was in full display up front last night as eleven players. Former University of Alabama football players were actively on the rosters between the two rosters of the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles, 11 of them, as the Eagles uh, took care of business and took care of Tua 31-17 to last night. And, uh, you know, not a, not a huge surprise because the week before, Philadelphia had just been embarrassed on Sunday night football, I believe, or or no, maybe it was Sunday afternoon uh, by letting the Jets come in there and beat them and kind of embarrass yeah. them. Then, you, what, you what's figured, your opinion? You know, while while we got a minute or two before okay. we go, yeah. uh, to your eight balls, okay, picks. Uh, what do you think about this brotherly shove play? Should they should it be outlawed or should it uh, should they just leave it alone? And as long, let it, I mean, let it you ride? know, as long as they're not as long as they're not breaking a rule. I mean, you know, until they change the rules within the rule book, well, and until, they actually know, have you, changed the way they modify you know, the, the rules. There is a rule that says you cannot aid a cannot player pull. with the ball. You cannot pull. Well, the rule and used to the, the rule used said, to be said you could not aid him. Okay, they've they've interpreted it now. They've it, it's it's been either modified or interpreted as a pull. Okay. They, they said the push because it's so hard. Because some people try to knock the guy off of the tackler off of you well, and, they, and stuff like if that. They so if they, they change it back to aiding, then it yeah. shouldn't be allowed. But if you're allowed, if you're if you're allowed like to push, push and not pull someone, a ball carrier, then it's going to stay. And, and and my opinion is really the Eagles are the only ones that made it consistently work. Everybody else they get stopped a lot. Right. Everyone else gets stopped a lot. So. And until the rest of the league can figure out how to make it work and it becomes unstoppable, I don't see anything to mess with it. I don't either. You know, stop it. Yeah. Figure out some way to yeah. stop it. Um, but you know what? Be a great time for a little play action and go right over the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just say. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, you know, you know, what I mean? know that's going to come sooner or later. He's going to take that one half step and step back, and, 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 and the whole team's going to come crashing or in. Or they're just, he's going to step under center, and they're just going to hike it directly to one of the back one of the backs that are back there yeah. that normally push, to get, push yeah. you, like, you know, a big tight end or something. Then they're going to direct it to him. Okay. You're going to have to run through your eight balls. Eight balls quick, buddy. tonight. No, no Jordan Jefferson. No, possibly no CMC, but they do have Elijah Mickelson. They do have Jordan Mason. But the eight ball says take Minnesota plus the points against San Francisco and take the under 43 and a half in Monday Night Football. TD props to score touchdowns. Ayuk, Kittle, Madison, KJ Osborne. That's all we got for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>